Hi everyone, I'm Pastor Eric. And I'm Kelsey. And we're here to welcome you back to another exciting episode of The Good News in Harry Potter. Today we're going to be talking about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 18. Mooney, Wormtails, Padfoot, and the Prongs. So Kelsey, what did you like about this chapter? So I really love, we hear all about um, James Potter, Remus Lupin, Sirius Black, and Peter Pettigrew as students at Hogwarts. And we learned that a big piece of their time at Hogwarts was spent as their animagi forms, um, as animals, or for Lupin as a werewolf. And that they would, eventually they got brave enough to explore Hogsmeade and explore the castle and all that. And I just picture these like three giant animals and a rat like scampering after them just strolling through the streets of Hogsmeade at like three in the morning <laughs> and then like you know they say that James and Sirius became big animals to keep Lupin in check as a werewolf and so like okay so if they have to like keep Lupin in check they're probably like wrestling and like trampling all over the place and P Peter Pettigrew's what just like hiding in the corner as a rat rat praying that he doesn't get stepped on peter pettigrew definitely has one of remus's ears and it's just being he's like i got him guys i got him <laughs> under control i'm gonna bite him <laughs> with my little rat teeth yeah and you know we were talking a little bit earlier about this and i was just like you know it says here that you know they were big animals so they could help control you know mm -hmm. remus and I just kept on thinking, you know, I think my expectations of what a werewolf is, is probably more grand than they should be. Because, you know, one is a very large dog and the other one is a stag, which is essentially like a deer with horns. And so, like, you know, I, I was just imagining that, you know, like, how are they controlling this werewolf? Okay, but, and I didn't think about this earlier. Have you ever seen... A car hit a deer, and how much damage that deer does to a car? Like deer, okay, that's, they're, they're that's solid. A fair point. And now he has these giant horns, or not, you know, yeah, antlers, antlers that, like, I'm sure he's just knocking Remus around with them if he needs to. And I think, like, Sirius is described as like not just a dog, but like a wolf dog. I mean, I know we're talking about a werewolf, but like a giant, massive bear-like dog i yeah. buy it okay you buy it okay i'm just like i'm just like that must have taken a lot of effort you know and like you know james doesn't even have like hands you know he's got like the little the hoods things and it's like mm. yeah, i would just change have, into something that's a little paws. easier i mean <laughs> none of them have hands they have paws like apparently you can choose what you what you want to be right yeah and like why not be a bear just be a bear. I don't know. Maybe werewolves like bears. We don't know. <laughs> but you also got to think, too, that it was always two against one. That's fair. And so they could, like, you know, double team. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. That's probably fair. That probably helped. Probably. You know, I doubt one of them could probably handle Remus by their own. Exactly. So what was your favorite part? I love Dumbledore. He is a crazy kook. And... You know, I don't believe that Dumbledore should ever be put in charge of a large group of children. Yeah, I love that, like, Dumbledore is so well-respected among, like, 
all wizards, but time and time again we see him make these decisions that kind of seem really illogical and just out there. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you're a werewolf? Come to Hogwarts. You know, do you have a delivita- de- hil- bit- ah. delivit... <laughs> I can't pronounce that word. Do you have a debilitating? Con- debilitating. Do you have a debilitating condition that causes you to seek the flesh of your fellow classmates once every twenty-eight days? Oh, it'll be fine. Come on Come in. Come on in. You know, just yeah. Right, like at Hogwarts, you know, there's always the concern of like, oh, we're teaching like eleven and twelve-year-olds how to use magic, and they like don't even really know how to control their magic because that's the thing in the first books how like. Harry, like, didn't even know he was doing magic and, like, his hair would grow back and all that. So you're already dealing with kids that don't know how to control their magic side. And now you're going to add to it, like, an 11-year-old that turns into a werewolf and probably really doesn't have the reins pulled in on that at all. Yeah. No. And, like, you know, somehow trolls in the dungeons merit all the teachers to get, you know, muscle up and get going. But, like, werewolf in the school. Oh, it's fine. We just lock them in the shrieking shack. Yep. Plant this tree. Nothing bad will ever happen because no. of it. No, it's fine. To, it's also fine to have a tree that just will whack anybody that tries to walk by it. Yeah, I doubt that it caused any injuries throughout its long tenure on the Hogwarts grounds. I mean, if it did, you know Lucius Malfoy would have had that tree removed, so... At least if it hurt Malfoy. He probably wasn't on the board back then. Yeah, probably. Well, despite Dumbledore's probably very reckless idea of welcome, uh, we see how it fosters a great friendship between uh, uh, all of the students here. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting, you know? Yeah, I really, I like that it shows, you know, Lupin talks about that he was a quiet kid, he was shy, he never thought he would get to go to Hogwarts, he never thought he would have friends, and then, lo and behold, he goes to Hogwarts and makes these three wonderful friends, which is more than he ever expected. But then on top of that, they figure out that he's a werewolf, and not only accept him, which would be huge for any friends to say, like, hey, this is kind of unimaginable that you're a werewolf, but we still love you, we're still your bud. But no, 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 like, yeah, you're a werewolf and we're going to figure out a way to be able to hang out with you and make that a part of our friendship. And because that's how important you are to us. Like, that's a pretty deep bond. Yeah, they like studied really hard for three years to figure out how to do this. And Peter for five, because, you know, Peter's just not as good. And, you know, that's a lot of time and effort to put into someone and to something. Yeah. And let's be honest, Peter didn't study. It's that James and Sirius did it for Peter. Yeah. Well, I think last chapter, Lupin says that Hermione is the cleverest witch mm-hmm. at Hogwarts. And I wonder if uh, if Hermione's more clever than James, who he also says this chapter was very clever. Hmm. I, wonder, I can't remember. Did he call James a wizard? Because maybe Probably he's differentiating that James was the cleverest wizard and... Hermione's the cleverest witch. Well, it took Hermione about a week to figure it out. So I'm actually going to put my money yeah, on she's Hermione. Probably clever. She just had to study for one essay. Yeah. And that was it. Where it sounds like it took James about like two years to figure it out. Yeah. 
And, you know, we've already seen that Harry is astounded by the amount of work that Hermione puts into her homework, apparently. Yeah. But, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask, like, did Snape assign that assignment just for Hermione to figure it out? Because, you know, yeah. there's, like, 100%. she's the only one that would figure it out. Don't they say that? Like, they said it I think, I, I think they said that he was hoping that's a student He's... would figure it out. But you gotta when you assign that, you know, it's not gonna be Neville Longbottom no, or no, Draco no. Malfoy figuring out. Right? It's gotta be Hermione. I'm sure that Snape Snape knew it was gonna be Hermione, but I also don't think he would ever admit that he knew it would be Hermione because he always says what a know it all Hermione is. So I feel like it was one of those things where like deep down he knows but he's not even admitting it to himself. Yeah, I just got to feel like if you have a big overarching, you know, plan to undermine one of your colleagues and it rests on the precocious intellect of this girl that you constantly demean in your class, like, you might want to be just a little bit nicer. Yeah. But I also like that we see, you know, so obviously it's it's pretty controversial what Dumbledore did of letting... Lupin come and be a student and then again come back and like oh yeah and also be a teacher now but we've had so many moments with Lupin throughout this entire book where we just love how he interacts with Harry Ron and Hermione and his students in general and how he kind of is the antidote to Snape's demeaning way and we see it even in this chapter when Hermione's trying to like again process what's going on and he Lupin is explaining that worm that Pettigrew is Wormtail and that he was an animagus and all this and Hermione is questioning him and it's even said that it's almost like they're in class that Hermione's trying to understand a subject. Yeah, it's like, well, we're about to commit murder here, Hermione, but let's drive down this, you know. Yeah. Like, why can't this be? You know, let's let's use this moment and make it a teachable moment yeah. for us. You know, expand your knowledge, you know, make you a little bit of a better wizard out there. So, Lupin, probably a good teacher. Dumbledore, probably not the best administrator. Yeah. But, really, this chapter is framed upon the antics and friendship of Moody, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. And it's really shows this deep, deep bond between these these kids yeah that is just phenomenal and i can't believe that they spent so many years just to be able to be with once a month mm -hmm. their friend who would go through a horrible change that was terrible and suffering uh through it yeah they say they achieved it by their fifth year so that's their 15 years old mm -hmm. so they from ages 12 to 15 they worked constantly i'm sure any free time they had to figure out how to do this and i just think back to myself at ages 12 to 15 right and i don't know that i would have been focused enough on anything to figure out how to you know to not give up for three years let alone super advanced magic that is life-threatening and, and frankly kids are horrible i can't imagine that i would be that you know empathetic to someone else to go through all of that and not be completely terrified that they are a flesh monster. Yeah. So really what we're seeing is above and beyond love and care from these four 
people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really astounding because it begs your question. I mean, they they go through this so that Remus doesn't have to suffer alone because he says that when he would transform in the Shrieking Shack because there wasn't anyone else to bite, he would scratch and claw at himself. So it sounds like it was a really terrible time. Mm-hmm. But the presence of them turned it into one of his, I think he said it was his best part of Hogwarts yeah. is the nights when they would tromp around in the weirdest looking gang that's ever met the street of Hogsmeade. Yep. And he also goes on to say that his subconscious, his, his consciousness as a human started to become more present and stronger in his werewolf form because of his time spent with them as a werewolf while they were animals. And I mean, I think that alone speaks volume to the bond and the impact that they had on him. Yeah, and you would think what a normal reaction to the situation would be you, you know, try and find a cure. Maybe maybe they would tell Dumbledore or something, you know, about what was happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, seek guidance. or, But they don't do any of that. They just jump right in and accompany him mm-hmm. in this time of suffering. It makes you, makes you wonder how do we accompany someone that's suffering? Mm -hmm. You know, our tendencies might be to, you know, put down a ladder or reach down, throw some supplies, you know, keep our distance or whatnot. But really here, we're showing an example of what it means to accompany by just jumping right in and walking into suffering with someone else. Yeah. And it really lifts up Remus in this. And oftentimes... You know, people don't want to be helped up by from above, mm-hmm. right? It's condescending. It's hurtful. Sometimes it's classist and elitist based on how you do it. Mm-hmm. But really, if you walk with that person, feel their experiences, see how they live and understand what they go through, it's often a much more meaningful relationship that you build. And this is what we're called to do as Christians, is to be with one another in our suffering as we continue to be a light into the world. And so maybe this week, think about how do you walk into suffering with others? How can you be Christ-like in that, to take on suffering to abate suffering? So hold on to that in your hearts. And we'll see you next week on another exciting episode of the good news in Harry Potter.